in this city for the glory of his great name. Amen. So I'm going to be sharing that with you today. And so um, again, let me, let me, I'll be remiss. If this is your first time here with us, uh, we're just glad that you're here. So Epiphany, let's give our visitors a warm Epiphany welcome this morning. Amen. Amen. Join me, if you will, in Proverbs chapter 20. And I'll be reading one verse for you today. And that's verse 24. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. Hear these words of our Father. It reads, Even a courageous person's steps are determined by the Lord. If you grew up in church like I did, you know that differently. It says, even a man's steps are ordained by the Lord. So how then can he understand his own way? Father, we pray this morning. Be with us, Jesus. God, be ever lifted up. Be glorified this morning. God, receive praise from the fruit of our lips. God, I pray right now in this preaching moment, Father, that you would stand in my body and that you would think through my mind and speak through my mouth, God. And I pray that the eternal words of God would flow forth from me. And I pray that this morning that I would disappear and that you, Father, would show up before your people to declare your good works and to proclaim your good gospel this morning. And so, Father, we give you glory, God, and we'll forever give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, I pray. And the whole church says... Amen. Amen. So on his infamous interview on the Sway in the Morning show, which is a popular nationally syndicated hip hop radio show, Kanye West, y'all know him. Kanye West, he's very popular right now. He just dropped two albums back to back. He's winning right now. He posed... One of the most profound questions in human history. If you're up on popular culture like I am, then you already know where I'm going. He he, he posed one of the most profound questions in the history of the world with just two words. If you know them, go ahead and say them. How, Sway? This question I'm I'm ready to submit to you uh, and strongly suggest that this question changed the course of human history. Maybe not for y'all, but I know certainly for me that that question changed the course of the vernacular interactions that I have on a day-to-day basis. See, when people say funny things to me and look at me funny and do weird things to me, I often end that conversation with, how, Sway? I need your help with this. At, at times when, when, we, when we go throughout life and, and people mistreat us and, and, and they do us wrong, we look at them with this certain question in our mind because it's become ingrained in us since Kanye said it. We look at them and we wonder, how, Sway? When you have more work than day left, since y'all quiet on me, you often look up and you ask the question, how sway? 
Y'all still quiet on me, so I'm going to help you out a little bit more. When you've got more months than money left, you often look around and you ask the question, how, Sway? How am I going to pay all these bills? And so this question is ingrained in us, and, and many of us left 2019 asking that question. Many of us left out of 2019 wondering, how in the world did I make it out of that year with no scratches and all of my limbs attached? See, some of us, if we're honest, we would note that if if we would have gotten what we would have deserved in 2019, then we would not be in the place that we are right now. Because God has been gracious to us and he's been faithful to us and he's working everything out according to his good purposes. You might be looking at 2020 and looking for direction and wondering how in the world am I going to make it through 2020? Well, here in this passage lies the answer. Are y'all ready? Verse 24, he says, even... A courageous person's steps are determined by the Lord. See, here, I've got two ideas for you today. Here's the first one. How? A courageous person, even a courageous person's steps are determined by the Lord. This, This word here for a courageous person, other translations translate this as a man or a man's steps. It's a generic word for person, but this word refers to a strong man. This word refers to a warrior. In other words, it emphasizes the strength and the ability to fight. And some of you, you know that the only way you made it throughout 2019 was that you had to fight your way through it. Some of you, you had to fight and scrape and scrap just to make it through another week. And as you look back over your life through 2019, you should be able to see that your steps were determined by the Lord. As you look back over your life, you should be able to see that it was God who was there by your side each and every step of the way. And so let me parenthetically pause for one second to suggest this to you. That the distinguishing mark of those who walk with God is courage. See, we, we, we need courage in this day and age. We need courage in this day and age where there's rumors going on, on about wars. There's, there's people who are coming against the faith of Jesus Christ with animosity and, and violence. There are people who are, who are standing up against the things of God and declaring them to be righteous things. I want to declare to us this morning that if we are going to truly walk before God in 2020, then what we need is courage says that a courageous person, even a courageous person's steps are determined by the Lord. So how can a man understand his own way? Here he's referring to the steps of a person. This refers to the goings-ons of, of someone. When we look over our lives, we have to consider that even when we look at some people and think that they're courageous and that their life has just lined up for them and that they're doing courageous things, it, it doesn't mean that they've done that on their own. What it means is that the Lord is the one who has determined their steps. I, I went this week to, uh, to the um, induction of the very first African-American Supreme Court justice in the state of Delaware. She's 38 years old. 
She's the youngest and the first African-American to achieve that feat. And I'm sitting there because me and her are close in age. And I said, man, I ain't no Supreme Court justice. What am I doing with my life? And so I started to look at the courageous acts of her life. And somehow in my mind, I started to figure that maybe she did something more than I did in order to get to the place that she was. Well, that's not the reality of what we believe. What we believe is, is that God is the one who determines our steps. And so where she is in her life is right where God wants her to be. And he's placed her there for this season to do what he needs to have done here on the earth. And thank God she's a believer, too. She loves Jesus. And so that's amazing. And so as we look at that, we got to consider and know, like, not, even if a courageous person's steps are, are, are determined by the Lord, how then can a man understand his way? See, the word for man here, it, it's, it's a common word. It, it, it's the word Adam. It's, it's the word that we understand uh, to be just a, a term for humanity. And so it's just the common sort of man. So what this passage is suggesting is that even if a courageous man he needs the Lord to direct their steps, how can a common man understand his own ways? And the answer lies in the question. <laughs> it says that the steps are determined by the Lord. And here's what I want you to see in this passage. The word or the phrase determined by is not present in the original language. The word or the phrase determined doesn't show up in this passage if you read it in Hebrew. You won't see it. What you will see is simply the name Yahweh. What you will simply see is the name of the Lord. So with this, how this passage reads in the original language, it reads like this. It says, if even a courageous person steps Yahweh. And so what that suggests to us is I want you to see is that even though his, even though that phrase is not there, his name being there denotes that he is the one who determines every portion of our lives. And that's good news for some of us because sometimes you're looking around and you're wondering like, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this or I don't know how I'm going to make it to the place where I feel like God is calling me. All you need to do is hang on to Jesus and he'll make sure that you make it to the destination that he's called you to. See, his name being there is is, is an imposition that God is in control. His name there implies that no matter what happens to you in 2020, that if God is present with you, then everything around you is already ordained for you. And so we got to see that as we walk through this and know that God is the one who is by our side and he's working on our behalf. And he has determined all things for his good purposes in our lives. Is that all right? Y'all tracking with me? Y'all quiet. Y'all talk back to me a little bit today. This is my second time doing this, so this is y'all first time sitting here. I've been here twice. (laughs) So he says, how can a man understand his own way? A common man. How can they understand their own way? See, here's what I want to submit to you. This word for understanding is a Hebrew word which means to distinguish or to discern. And so here's what I need you to know. And I'm getting to the close of the preaching part of the sermon. Everything that you thought was bad in 2019 
was simply a matter of how you discerned it. I'll say that again. Everything that you thought was bad in 2019 was simply a matter of how you distinguished it and how you discerned it. And so what I want us to carry with us, what I want us to note in this season is this, is that you have to know how to properly discern the hand of God in your life. As we go throughout 2020, I want us to be properly discerning the hand of God in our lives. Here, here's where it gets problematic for us. Is It gets problematic for us is that we, we make a decision that God is either in control or he's not. See, when we take the things that happened to us, and I'm not saying that bad things didn't happen to you in 2019. I'm sure there were some things in 2019 that happened that were bad. But the question is, how did you discern it? The question is, how did you distinguish that thing? Did you distinguish that thing as something that the enemy had control over and that he was just doing to you? Or do you see that as something that God allowed in your life in order to grow you and strengthen you and to build you up in him? That, that's the question at hand that we have to ask ourselves. How are we discerning the things that happened to us? Some of us discern things in a particular way that we take offense to everything that occurs in our lives. Person breathes in a way that you didn't like, and you discern it as disrespect. A, a person look, they turn their eyeballs a particular way, and you discern it as they hate me. No, like maybe they just had something in their eye at the moment. Or maybe it's their eyes and they can look wherever they want to look with their eyes. And so it's all a matter of how you discern what's happening to you. And so my prayer for us in 2019 is that we would have discernment. My prayer for us in 2020 is that we would have discernment. My prayer is that we would have the proper discernment to understand what God is doing and how God is working so that we can grab a hold onto his plan and make sure that we're on the boat that we need to be on to go where he's taking us. Everything that happened in your life wasn't bad. If we're honest, some of the bad things that happened were just a result of you being you. But in 2020, my prayer is that it's not new year, new you, that it's a new year, same Jesus, better you. And so Jesus being in your life will make you better. And so that's my prayer for us. And and he he determines here, he says that as you, how can a man then understand his way? The answer is in the question, by knowing that their steps are determined by the Lord and his determination is based on his presence in your life. And so whatever course of life or whatever road you take or whatever way you take or whatever habit you form in in this new year, you have to form the habit of being with Jesus. You have to form the habit of being with Jesus on a regular basis. See, we want so many things. We want so much from God. We want so many things to happen, but we won't invest the amount of time that is necessary and spend it with Jesus in order to see those things be formed in us. We want God to give us a wife, but we haven't understood how to be a husband. We, we want God to give us money, but we haven't understood how to properly steward money. 
So all these things that we that we are asking for, I'm saying stick close to Jesus, right? The scripture says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So if you seek him first, then guess what? He'll add those things to you. But we got to get close to him. How are we going to get close to him, Pastor Derek? Well, you can get up with me at 6 a.m. and get on Facebook Live as we pray. You can join me in fasting for the next 21 days. You can fast from whatever you want to fast from. That's not important. The fact is that you choose to fast. Somebody told me last year, they said, Pastor Derek, I'm fasting from negative thoughts. I said, cool. (laughs) Go ahead and do it. I'm not sure how you track that, but (laughs) go ahead and do it. And so you pick whichever way you want to fast for the next 21 days. And fasting is a means by which we stick close to Jesus. And so during the times where you would normally eat or during the times where you would normally be on social media or during the times where you would normally watch TV, those are the times that you lean into Jesus and to his word and get you a good Bible reading plan. If you need one, let me know. I'll send you one. But we got to spend time with Jesus. Is that okay? Y'all got quiet when I started talking about spending time with Jesus. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) We got to spend time with Jesus. We have to. We've got to be, we've got to be saturated by Jesus. Like he, he's got to permeate every, every cell in our body. It's got to be permeated by Jesus. Like we need that in our lives. And so this is what I I want us to see that now. So I'm done. The, the, the preaching part. Of the sermon, and now I want to spend uh, the next half of my time walking you, us through the vision that the Lord has laid on my heart for this house. Is that okay? Y'all ready? Y'all need to stretch, shake some stuff out. No, okay, all right. I, I, I gave you a chance, and you didn't take it. That's on you. So, as I, some of you probably remember, back in August, I um. I went to Montana, and so, you know, black man in Montana, listen, (laughs) it was different, (laughs) but it was good, you know, it was very good, Um, and, you know, it was like me and like two other African-American guys, and we knew it, and so, but I got out there in those mountains, and what's called Big Sky Country, and I was sitting out there, and man, I could just see like for miles, I could see as far as I could see. Well, they probably can't see for miles, but I could see far. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because <laughs> everything was clear. I had clear sight. But leading up to that time, you guys may not remember, but I was really struggling with my faith. Some of you probably gasped, like, oh, the "Pastor struggling with his faith." Yes, I was struggling with my faith. And not like faith in believing in Jesus. That that wasn't what I was struggling with. But there are certain aspects of Jesus that I was struggling with trusting. Like there's certain components. And and if 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 you're a Christian, hear me, you're going to struggle with doubt. If you're a Christian, you're going to struggle with your faith. If you are a believer in Jesus, you're going to have moments in your life where you are wondering if the things that God has said in his word are actually true. You're going to go through that. And so I was in a season of that. A lot of things were happening in my life. My, my wife had gotten sick, and, and there were so many things that were going on, and I was just struggling with my faith. And so I was telling a couple of my pastor buddies, you know, that I was going through that, and they said, hey, listen, you need to get away. 
I'm like, what you talking about? My wife is sick. I can't go nowhere. They're like, we, we'll take care of her. You go away and you do what you need to do. You need to spend some time with Jesus and be alone with him so that you can hear from him. And so that's what I did. I listened to my, my, my brothers in arms and my pastor because um, I have a pastor, too. Amen. I'm, I ain't just up here by myself. I have a pastor, too, who I listen to, and I do the stuff that he tells me to do. When he tells me to sit down, I sit down. When he tells me to get up, I say, where are we going? <laughs> and so I, I did that, and, and I got out into my, in Montana, and the Lord began to reveal some things to my heart in a way that I hadn't heard from him. And so that's what I want to share with you guys today. And that's been developing over the past couple of months as the Lord has been clarifying the things that he spoke to me during that time. And so here's what I want to say. 2020 for us is the year of clear vision. Now, before you go, oh, he's doing a cliche. Oh, it's 2020, like 2020 vision. No, <laughs> that's not what this is. Many of you don't know that you come in here and you see this church, right? And, you know, you see the things in here. And we got art and stuff like that on the walls. And it looks nice in here and all that. But we're just less than two years old as a church. And so we officially launched our church. Our grand opening was April 15, 2018. And so this April, we're coming up on two years. Amen. You can give it up for that. That's, that's good. Listen. Some of y'all been here that whole time. And so we started with a Bible study um, in May of 2017. Um, and we just started doing Bible study and gathering people. And we outgrew the space that we were in. And then the Lord gave us another spot where we could meet in the morning. And um, we just set up a tear down. Some of y'all remember that. Some of y'all remember that with, with begrudging this in your heart. Doing all that set up and tear down, setting up chairs every week and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, we're, we're less than two years old, and so that's a, that's, a, a, that's a thing that we want you to note, and we want you to note that because of two reasons. Number one is we want you to see all that God has done in less than two years. In less than two years, we've baptized 16 people here at Epiphany. That's amazing. We baptized 16 people here. In less than two years, God provided us with a permanent 24-7 facility where we can gather and have groups and have parties and, and serve the community from here and have cookouts and all the kinds of things that we love to do. And so God has done some things in less than two years. Like that, that's, that's, and I want you to see the uncommon nature of that for church plants. Like church plants don't secure permanent facilities in less than two years. They, they have trouble with, with getting people to come and get baptized and those kinds of things. Like Those things aren't typical, but God is doing something unique here that we get to be a part of. And so we celebrate that. The second reason why I want you to note that is this. Know that we still got a lot of work to do because we're still a baby. We're a baby church. But in this season, I feel like what, what is needed is this. Clear vision is needed. And so here's the reason why I say that. Everybody has an opinion about what the church should be doing. Everybody. People don't even go to church. People who don't even love Jesus have an opinion about what the church should be doing. All the homeless people walking by their church, they don't even feed them. Well, we 
don't know them. <laughs> like, maybe we get to know them first, and, like, then we can find out what their needs are, and we can try to help. All them broken down houses on, on, on the block where the church is. How come they ain't buy up the houses? Like, well, how come you ain't, ain't give no money towards buying a house? Like, a house is free or something like that. And so everybody's got opinions about what the church should be doing and all that. And so when you have that, you have to align yourself with clear vision. And so when I say that 2020 is the year of clear vision for us, that's what I mean. And so here, here's how that's going to look. Our vision is this. Our vision is to be a church that, that joins Jesus in his work through the power of the Holy Spirit by being on the block, in the middle of it, for the glory of Christ. See, y'all, y'all, y'all know it. That's great. The way that that occurs for us is that we want to help people know God through loving the word. It's back there on the wall. We want to help people to find freedom through living woven in community groups. So you can sign up for those. You should have got, you should begin the email today about that stuff. If you aren't on our email list, let us know and we'll get the information to you. We want to help people find freedom through living woven. And then next, we want to help people to discover their purpose, which we believe is to lead a lifestyle of worship. That's our purpose, (laughs) is to lead a lifestyle of worship. You can find out about that by attending Growth Track and and getting to know what your personality is and understanding your spiritual gifts and all that stuff like that. That's step three of Growth Track, or step two of Growth Track. And then fourth, we do that by helping we do that by helping people make a difference in the world through leveraging their work. What that means is that everybody has something that God has placed in their hands, some kind of tool that God has given to them or, or they're known as spiritual gifts. He's given those to each and every one of us to use for the building of his kingdom. And so we want to help you make a difference through leveraging your work, whatever it is that you do. You might be a school teacher. We want to help you and equip you to leverage that to ensure that the kingdom of God is spread, even if you're a teacher. Is that, is that good? And so those are the ways that we, we're working that out. And so here's, here's what I want us to see in this year of clear vision as God is helping us to walk these things through is this. That doesn't mean that's not a cue for us to check out. That's a cue for us to step up and use the tool that God has placed in our hand. And we've got some soil to dig up. We've got some ground to till. We've got some seed to plant. We've got some, some, some flowers to water. We've got a, a whole lot of work to do to see the kingdom of God advanced. And so my wife and I didn't move here from New Jersey four years ago just because we thought it would be cool to start a church. Trust me, it is not. <laughs> Like, that is, is not cool. It's, it's a lot of hard work. Like, it, it's, it's a lot. But we moved here because we believed that God wanted to place his footprint deeper in the soil of the city of Wilmington. Now, notice I said deeper and didn't say put his footprint because his footprint is already here. I get bothered. I coach church planters a lot, and, and I, they, they always say stuff weird to me. Like, yeah, there's no gospel presence over there. Like, shut up. (laughs) The gospel was there before you were a twinkle in your mother's eye. Be quiet. Just because they don't use your terminology or say things the way that you say it, the gospel's been present. And so we want to see the footprint of Jesus be deeper in the city of Wilmington. And so we're the hands and feet of Jesus here. And so here's some of the things that I want to to see practically flesh this out over the next year. 
Y'all ready? Here's the first one. And you can write these down if you want. We're praying to see 50 baptisms this year. We're praying to see 50 baptisms this year. I got one person excited about that. Jeez. (laughs) Anybody want to see people get baptized? Anybody want to see people come to know Jesus? So y'all, listen, y'all get excited about this stuff. Like, this is the Lord's plan for the city. Like, we want to see souls get saved. We want to see people come to know Jesus. We want to see people get baptized. Like, we want to see that stuff happen. And 50 is the number that we're putting on it. We've had uh, we've had a, a number over the past couple of years, but we want to see God do something exponential. Amen. Like, we, and, and we're not scared of that. We're not scared to say that. Because we, we serve a God who does big things. We got to stop with these little tiny little prayers. Jesus, if you could, maybe, like, if you would. No, we need to pray some big prayers and ask God to do some big stuff that will blow our minds, that will be exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's what we're praying for. So we're praying for 50 baptisms this year. Next is that we're praying that we reach 350 regular attenders here at Epiphany. 350. Y'all didn't clap so loud on that one because y'all probably like, where are they going to fit? <laughs> where are they going to go in this place? And so, you know, the, and, I, and I hate to just say this blanketly, but like the average person attends church 1.7 times a year. Surely it is so. <laughs> Those are the statistics. And I know there's varying reasons for that. Some people work and all that different stuff. But some people just opt out. Like, they just have other things to do that they think are more important that day. But we're praying that God would structure our church in a way that we would be able to facilitate 350 regular attenders being a part of our church. And I'm not praying, I'm not praying that just because I want to see some numbers in here. And I, I'm not worried about that. Listen, we've worshipped God with two people in here. <laughs> It'd be the worship team. My wife, me, my two daughters, and my son in the back on the screens and the sound system and the lights because he does all three of those things back there. Somebody needs to help him. Somebody needs to help him. He's doing all three of those things back there by himself. Hey, son, I got you. I got your back, son. (laughs) But here's why. Ready? I say this to you often. Every empty seat we see as a lost soul. And so we want the seats to be filled with regular attenders who are being regularly engaged with the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they might hear and come to know him. That's our prayer. We're praying for that. And so we believe that God can do that. And so you're probably asking, how are we going to facilitate all that? Well, Our prayer is that God will grow us to a third service by September. Somebody asked me in the first service, like, Pastor, when is that service going to (laughs) be? I was like, I don't know. It's it's up for discussion. But what that means is, though, and I'm going to get to this, is that when God grows us to a third service, we need more of you to step up to serve. We need more of you to step up to serve. 
Because our poor little team is going to get burnt out. If we go to a third service and they're just doing everything, no, we need some of you, more of you, to participate in what God is doing here at Epiphany. To see the least, the last, the lost, and the left out come to know Jesus. That's what we're after. We're not up here for kicks and giggles. We're up here to see the least, the last, the lost, and the left out come to know Jesus. We're here to see the lost be saved, the saved get pastored, the pastored get trained, and those who train, we want to see them get mobilized. And then the cycle repeats all over again. And so we're praying that God will grow us to a third service. And I'm going to get to some more of this. Here's the next one. We want to grow. See, we we're praying that God will grow our small groups to 80% participation. We want to see 80% of you involved in a, in a community group. And so, you, as you know, we're revamping how we do community groups here. And so uh, we're, we have eight, eight different hubs of which we do groups. And so you can participate in a group, a men's group, women's group, a, a marriage and family group, a student group, a, a prayer group, an outreach group, a freedom group, or a financial group. Um, and so there should be an email going out to you today where you can get the information about that and see, and maybe God's giving you an idea about how uh, or, or, or a kind of group to lead. And so we're praying for some students groups. We're praying for some marriage and family groups. Uh, we're, we're praying for those things. And so what we want to see 80% of our church participating in small groups. And because the reason, <laughs> I'm not just throwing out numbers here. What I'm, why I'm saying that is because we believe that people find freedom through living woven with each other. We believe that people find freedom through living woven in community groups. We believe that families are strengthened through living woven with one another in community. We believe that community is created through people living woven with one another in small groups. And so that's why we want to see 80% participation, because we want to see people being strengthened, community being created. That's what we want to see. Here's the next one. Many of you don't know, but our church is supported in large by external donors. What does that mean, Pastor Derek? That means that there are churches around the country who send a check every month to support the work that God is doing here at Epiphany. There are people who are doing that. That's good. That's, that's very good. That means that people believe in the work that God is doing here. But what that also means is this. That means that as a church, we're not standing on our own two feet. And so it's my prayer that in this year, we would reach 100% financial self-sustainability on our own. That means that we won't need outside churches to send checks here to support us unless they want to. We need to be able to stand on our own two feet as a church. Now, again, I'm giving you this, and people, you know, pastors don't like to talk about money because people think, oh, he's stealing the money. Oh, this is happening. Oh, what are they doing with the money? All this kind of stuff. People get nervous. I'm not scared. None of (laughs) y'all. Here's what I'm saying to you. That means that God is calling some of you to step up your giving game 
to see that the financial stability of this house is able to stand on its own two feet at 100%. Amen. I got my own amen. I'm good. Because listen, listen, I, got a, I, got a, I have an 18-year-old son. I love him. But I'm glad to see him get a job. <laughs> I'm happy to see him embark on his own and pay his own bills. I'm happy to see that. I love him. I'm happy to have him around. He's very helpful. And he loves me. And so... But a mark of being mature is that you handle your own business. Black people terms, you ain't grown unless you pay your own bills. And so guess what? We might look a little grown, but we have to work towards getting financially self-sustainable in this year. And that's my prayer, that we will reach 100% of financial sustainability. So, some of you are going to have to back out of the Starbucks line every day. Some of y'all are going to have to pull out of the drive-thru at McDonald's every day. Wendy's. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A? <laughs> some of us need to do that. God's, I would argue that God's calling us to do that. And he's calling us to do that not just because, like, you can give more of a dollar amount, but because it's, it's, a, it's a point of worship. Like, your giving is a point of worship because worship is all about responding to God. And so God is the most generous person who ever existed and that he sent his son to give his life. Surely we can back up from Starbucks, paying five dollars for some brown water. <laughs> That's all coffee is—is is brown water. <laughs> I don't drink coffee, so I won't have that issue. <laughs> but and listen, God's calling some of y'all to back out of the parking lot of the mall. It's not going to the shoe store so much. <laughs> Some of y'all <laughs> need to get off the Amazon app. <laughs> but listen, y'all need to back up off of the mall buying shoes. And you might think I'm talking to the ladies. I'm talking to these dudes too. Buying $250 shoes. Come on, guys. Like, you can have nice stuff. I ain't mad. I got a couple. But listen, do you have to have every color of the 11s? Like, nah, you don't. I mean, they nice, but you ain't got to have every color. God is calling some of y'all. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I went there in the first. So God's coming some of y'all to back up out of the weave store, spending $350 on weave every week. I broke up with a girl after a, after a week because we was dating for a week. And she said, baby, I need $300. I said, what are you doing those for? <laughs> no one needs $300. Like, <laughs> she said, I got to get my hair done. I said, what are they putting in your head? <laughs> Shoot. Gold? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't want to get in trouble. It's yours if you pay for it. Amen. Okay. 
Listen, take a, like, you know, remember that extra sketch where you would shake it up and the thing would disappear? Do that right now for that comment I just made. <laughs> so here's what we, we want to reach 100% sustainability. Is that okay? We got to stand on our own two feet as a church. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. We got to stand on our own two feet as a church. Next, we want to see 200 people complete growth track. We want to see 200 people complete growth track. Growth track is our onboarding process for people. And so if you're just visiting our church, we have this thing called growth track where you can come and there's four steps that you can take. Uh, Step one is all about becoming a member of our church. Step two is all about discovering your design. Step three is all about developing your leadership. And step four is all about joining a team. And so we want to see 200 people complete growth track. And growth track, what happens when you complete growth track is this. You get to, be, you get to serve on a team. And so remember I said that we're praying for 350 regular attenders and that we're praying to see more people serving. And the way that you get to do that is through completing growth track so that you could be a part of the wonder teams here who serve to see the kingdom of God advance. Amen? So we want to see. Here's what we want to see. We want to see at least one-third, at least one-third of our church serving on a wonder team. Somebody said it ain't that much. It's not. But typical church metrics show that it's around 20 to 25% of the people in the church do the majority of the work. And that's high. That's on the high end. <laughs> and so, y'all want to know where we are? We're at 6%. We're at 6%. We track the numbers. We're at 6% of people who serve on a team here at Epiphany. And so we want to see more people serving. Because service is a part of your worship. Like You, 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 you d- demonstrate your worship of God through how you serve. You do. And so we want to see one-third of our church serving on a wonder team. It's real quiet. <laughs> it's real, real quiet right now. It's real quiet. It's all right. Here's my next one. We want to see 30 people matriculate from Financial Peace University. 30 people over the next year. So that's 10 people a semester. We want to see, or 10 units. Because of Husband and wife, that's one. Yeah, yes it is. And so we want to see that. Here's why. Here's why. I'm not calling us to financial sustainability on our own when we don't even have our finances in order. That's one of the things the church gets accused of. They just take all the poor people's money. No. We want to get you equipped to be good financial stewards. And good financial stewards, guess what they do? They give. And so I know that if I can equip you to be better givers, and to, uh, if I can equip you to be better financial stewards, then by proxy you'll just become better givers. And so we want to see 30 people matriculate through our Financial Peace University uh, small groups. And so here's the last one. And this one is the nearest and dearest to my heart. Is it my prayer 
that each one of you, each member of Epiphany Church, would reach one person for Jesus. Amen. Denise, you get the prize today because you are on it. We want to see each one reach one. Is that better? Each one reach one. That's what our prayer is. Our prayer is that each one of you will have a story of how God used you to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ coming to the world, dying on a cross for our sins, and raising up from the grave with all power in his hands. We want to hear stories of life transformation and of how God used you to share the gospel with one person over the next year. We want every one of you to have a story like that. Air one of you. Everybody. That's our prayer. And, and, and that's our prayer because that's why we exist. Like we exist to see lost people come to know Jesus. See, I, I, I want you to know, like the world is hurting. Like there are people who are lost in this world and they are hurting and without direction. And they need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. How can you have good news in your hand? And not share it with somebody. God's calling us to share the good news that has transformed our lives with other people. And so it's my prayer that each one of you will have a story of how God used you to share the gospel with somebody. And they are now walking in relationship with Jesus Christ. It will be my joy to back away from the baptismal pool when we baptize these 50 people. For me to back away and say, hey, you, you led them to Jesus. You come baptize them. That's going to be my joy. I'm going to be overjoyed at that. And so that's what our desire is. That's what I believe the vision for Epiphany Church is in 2020, is that we want to see 50 baptisms. We want to see 350 regular attenders. We want to grow to a third service. We want to get our small groups at 80% participation be 100% internally sustainable, 200 people completing growth track, 30 people completing financial peace, one-third of our church serving on a wonder team, and each person reaching one person for Jesus. Here's, 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 Here's what I want you to capture. If you didn't hear anything else I said today, hear this. The reason the church is losing ground in the culture is because the majority of churches are often devoid of the power of God. We are are devoid of the power of God. The power of God is seen in transformed lives. That's where the power of God is seen. Romans chapter 1 tells us that it is the gospel that is the power of God. And so many people are confused and frustrated with the church because they walk into the church and they see mundaneness. They walk inside the church and they see as regularly scheduled programs. They walk in churches on Sunday morning and they don't see the power of God transforming lives. 
And so it is my prayer that Epiphany Church will be a church that is committed to the transformation of lives here in the city of Wilmington. We can no longer be devoid of the power of God. We can no longer continue to go about and doing church as normal and not have an expectation of seeing lost people come to know Jesus. That's why we're spending 21 days in prayer. That's why we're spending the next 21 days fasting. Not so we can do some cool thing. We're doing that because we want to see lives be transformed. We want to see the gospel go forward. We want to see Jesus' name be made most famous on the earth. We can't do that by sitting on the sidelines, Epiphany. We can't do that by sitting on the sidelines. Looking around and saying, somebody else will do it. They got it. No, you put your hand to the plow. And see how God might use you. And see how God might use your service to impact a life for eternity. And I'm getting a little emotional because I I don't know how, if we fully understand that. And and, and that burdens me as a pastor. Is that maybe the people that I lead, they don't understand the gravity of what we do here. Like this isn't like, we're not just doing this just to do something. We do this week after week after week after week because of the gravity of the fact that people are lost and going to hell without Jesus. People are lost and going to hell without Jesus. And if we've got the message of the gospel, which is the power of God, how dare we not share it with others? How dare we not share it? We've got to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ through our life and our lips, through our conduct, our conversation, and on our consciences. God is calling us to that in this season. And it is my prayer that Epiphany Church will be a church that is marked by clear vision in 2020. Father, we thank you. We give you glory this morning. Glory and honor belong to you, Jesus, because you're worthy. God, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. God, we don't put these things out here because we think they're cool ideas, God. We put these out here because we know that it's your purpose and plan to see lives be transformed. And so, God, I pray, God, with the authority that you've given to your people to declare, God, that these things will be so, so that your name will be glorified here in the city of Wilmington. Be exalted, Jesus. Be lifted up. We glorify you, Jesus, because you are worthy. It's in the matchless name of Jesus Christ that I pray with thanksgiving in my heart, knowing you'll do everything that you said you would. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray. Amen.